Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Save Me an ILC, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I am joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber. Hello. Kylie. Hello. And oh, we're also having us join uh, Matt, who's our musical newbie. Hello. <laughs> On this episode, our very first episode, whoop, whoop, we are going to be talking about Jekyll and Hyde. We are going to be covering the 1997 Broadway cast edition. There are a bunch of editions out there, so please keep in mind we are focusing on the 1997 version. And you can follow along with us either on your own recording or we have a Spotify list, which we will put in the show notes. Has everyone listened to Jekyll and Hyde before? What's kind of your background with it? I'm like the least knowledgeable on it, so I didn't... (laughs) Okay, well, Jekyll and Hyde is... uh, probably in my top five musicals it's one of the ones that i was introduced to the youngest and one of my favorite songs on there is titled murder murder and my mom was never thrilled about that but it's a really good bloody show and i i don't know i've just always really liked it (laughs) that's why it was the easy first choice for for us to get started on this podcast has anyone else watched it or is it just me Never seen it myself, but I have listened to the soundtrack a few times. Nice, nice. I, I've listened to the soundtrack once on a road trip, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think I'm in the same boat as Matt. <laughs> and a little background on that we started this podcast because of that. We were just telling musical stories in the car, while listening to soundtracks, trying to get uh, Matt and Kylie a little more into the musical musical genre. And it, I was just like, it'd be a really neat, really neat podcast for all of us to talk about. So here we are. So I guess we'll just jump into the facts behind Jekyll and Hyde, a little bit about how it came to be, and then we'll hop right in into, into the story. Sound good? Yeah. 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 All right. So I'll go ahead and start with the first few facts. So Jekyll and Hyde came along from with, with Frank Wildhorn. He did uh, the the music. He did this with musical enthusiast Steve Cooden. They both wrote up an addition to produce on stage with the, the music and lyrics were done by Wildhorn. It was based based around a book that was also made around the same time by Leslie Bercuse. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. He uh, also happens to be a composer, lyricist, and playwright. They managed to get a score written in the late 1980s and it had a, it had a demo recording in about 1986 with a, a really, really strong cast with Chuck Wagner, Christopher Carothers, Tuesday Night, and Gillian Gallant. It wasn't originally produced for Broadway because they didn't have any money for it, but it did eventually get to Broadway. And the world premiere was announced in 1990, and it was done. It was written and redone a couple times before it got to got to the world premiere. But once it it did, it, it debuted on Broadway in 1997. And it's been going pretty strong ever since. It's had two North American tours, two tours in the UK, concert version, and a revamped US tour in 2012 before its 2013 Broadway revival. Uh, It hasn't come into our area, but as soon as it does, I am definitely on board to go see it. It's definitely on on my top. Yeah, also, we want to talk about there was a couple film adaptions. I don't, I guess I'm probably the only one that's seen, seen a couple of them. Yeah, Miss Aficionata. <laughs> As I'm sure people are aware, Jacqueline Hyde is based off of a gothic novella, which was published in 1886 by Robert Louis Stevenson, titled The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. 
this novella was adapted not only into this musical, but into over 120 different stage and film versions. I did not realize it was that high. <laughs> Jesus. We, I do got to stop on there for because my favorite, my favorite version is a DVD version. It's a stage play version of David Hasselhoff played Jekyll and Hyde. And it is the wildest thing to watch. <laughs> so is he actually like good? He is. He was surprisingly really good. And that was like my first time ever seeing it in a, in a live variation. <laughs> and it was David Hasselhoff. And it just blows my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that would just be a name to be like, oh yeah, this is Celsius, but I guess if he was actually good. He was good, he was a huge ham, but hey, it's David Hasselhoff, so. <laughs> I was just really thrilled about that, and if I can find it, I'll definitely let you guys watch it. But it's a, it's a treat, absolutely. There are plenty of recorded versions of the stage adaption in places around on YouTube. I can't guarantee that the sound quality will be great. But there is, we did find one, it was the full show, it was like, it was just about like two and a half hours. It is on YouTube, the full thing, which you can check out, but I do, I do recommend just going to see a, a live adaption of it, or <laughs> even finding the David Hasselhoff version is really great. And listening to, of course, the, the original Broadway cast one, which is my favorite. I will always, always, always recommend going to see a live version of a show, regardless of you know what show it is where oh, it's yeah. being shown if you've seen it before or not because yeah. because production is going to be so different across the board and each company is going to do it slightly differently and so it's just amazing to see all the different adaptations that are out there so definitely go see it yeah and absolutely like support your local theaters like uh, our, our local our high school does a bunch of shows we go to and things like that so uh support your local theaters folks it's a great it's a great industry Okay, so now that we've kind of gone, gone over the, the kind of the background of it, let's hop into the actual story. Everyone everyone good with that? No. Well, then you're fired. Okay. I'll murder, murder. <laughs> okay. Pick the right one to go with. Exactly. We'll start off with the murder and go with the bang. Obviously, due to copyright issues, we won't be sharing any of the song footage on the actual podcast. But as I mentioned before, we do have a playlist on Spotify of our choice song list, and that link will be in our show notes. So let's go ahead and hop into the story. Amber, would you like to start us off with the beginning? So starting off with this production, our main narrators are John Utterson and Sir Danvers Carew. Take the audience through the events as they're happening, right? So John Utterson is Dr. Jekyll's best friend. He's also a lawyer while Sir Danvers Carew is Jekyll's would-be father-in-law. So these two start off by throwing us back into Jekyll's past, where his father has been living in an insane asylum, and he's been in a coma. So Jekyll sings about how his father is evil, like actually evil, but that it's caused by illness and not just mental health. And depending on the variation, he can be in a coma, or he can just be in like unresponsive and, of course, it was set in the late 1800s, so no one really knew much about mental illness at the time. So Jekyll's first, you know, jump to was like, oh, it's, he's overcome with evil. I've got to separate it. And things like that. Speed the demons. <laughs> if we just bleed the evil out of you, you'll be fine. Do some cocaine about it. <laughs> and uh, if you do want to follow along with the songs, he sings about his father's mental illness in 
the song titled Lost in the Darkness is uh, very touching. He does it does like a reprise of it later in the show. Uh, so it's a it's a very very touching song and it kind of embodies why he goes down the path that he goes down. So later we are introduced to the rich and the poor of the streets of London during the 19th century. It's a really neat way that they do this. They serve as kind of in-between narrators. So when like the main cast is off doing their thing behind closed doors, these people will come out and sing about like the in-between stuff and it's it's a, it's a really cool thing that not a lot of shows do. But they have a they have a good chunk of songs and they sing about everyone hiding behind a facade which really plays into the whole Jekyll and Hyde idea and how everyone's putting up a front and no one wants to show who they are and so they sing about everyone having a facade through the entire show it's just really cool really cool idea and so as I mentioned Jekyll thinks that illness is caused by evil right and his father is filled with this evil and so he has this theory that if he can separate the good and evil in his father he'll make him better so he brings this theory to the board of governors at a hospital. The chairman of the board is his future daddy-in-law, Mr. Danvers, along with the Bishop of Basingstoke, the Right Honorable Sir Archibald Archie Proops, Lord Theodore Teddy Savage, Lady Elizabeth Bessie Beaconsfield, General Lord Glossop, and Simon Stride, who's the secretary of the board. That's a lot of names for people, it, but the, the, the like, point is they're really extra with their names. I gotta say, <laughs> these are fancy rich people who think that they know all, and of course, they look at Jekyll and think that he's a total idiot. I mean, his theory is just yeah, let's definitely. take his evil and push it somewhere else. <laughs> so they all vote against his proposal. Yeah, they're all like, nah, nah. <laughs> Except for Sir Danvers, who's a nice daddy-in-law, I guess. I think, I think he just kind of feels obligated to be like, no, it's fine. My son-in-law. Totally not nuts. Future son-in-law. Yeah, future son-in-law. There you go. But then, of course, Chuckles upset because yeah. he had this big proposal and everyone said, no, you're an idiot. He's a little hurt. Uh, his best friend kind of tries to calm him down, but he's just obsessed with this idea, right? That he has to save not only his father, but anyone else that are around. And in best friend fashion, his friend's like, you do you, bro. Just do it. I'm sure nothing can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good it's a good thing for him. And this song is uh, "Pursue the Truth" that takes place during this. So they they kind of sing back and forth and kind of help get get Jekyll back on track and fixing everything. Because Utterson is like, "Wow, it's 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 terrible <laughs> what's happening to your dad." And I think you're a little crazy. But if you think you can make it work, though, <laughs> just do it. So they sing about that back and forth. And so Utterson is like best friend of the year. So same same day after the fact, there is a party held at Sir Danvers' place. It's an engagement party for Jekyll and Sir Danvers' daughter, Emma. And Jekyll is late. And apparently he's like always late. So it's everyone's getting really frustrated about it. And the guests are talking shit about him. And they think he's a madman. Then you have the facade reprise. The first reprise, and so it's all the people talking about how he's late again, he's crazy, and things like that. And so I don't, I don't know how the, how the residents of 19th century London know all the stuff that's happening inside this building, but we're not going to question it because it's a musical. Hey, listen, bad gas travels fast. <laughs> In small London town. Yeah. <laughs> so all the governors from before are in attendance, which I, I've never quite 
understood, I guess, because Utterson's like, yeah, these are my work buddies. And I invite all the fancy people to your party, and that way they give you money as gifts. Right. You gotta imagine, like, back in the day, they probably didn't have, like, much in the form of entertainment. So it's like, if there is a party in town, you just be like, well, we gotta go to the party. <laughs> I hate these people. Let's go. You don't want to be the one person that doesn't go or is not invited in the small city. Right, because then you get talked about, you know? And then, Yeah, then you're everybody turns on guy. you. <laughs> now you're the crazy person. Right, no one wants that. They got their rep to maintain. So the party's going, even without Jekyll, and Stride, the secretary from before, you, f- you find out that he has feelings for Emma, and I don't know if it's directly stated. I was listening to this the song Emma's Reasons again today, and it sounded like maybe they dated in the past, and he was looking to control her, and she's like, I'm my own woman, so get out of here. But Stride is like, no, just dump Jekyll. Marry me, because I'm cool. And Emma, Punctual. Yeah, Emma does not, does not go for it. Stride sounds kind of like a tool, so it's fine. I, I don't really blame her for that one. Jekyll does uh, end up arriving, but really late when the party's ending, because reasons. And Emma is is pretty used to this because he, you know, works all the time. And so she's she's fine with it. But the guests still think he's useless. And Jekyll is, is a little worried about all this. He, he reminds Emma that, you know, I'm going to be busy with work all the time. I need you to know that it's still going to be a thing. And she's like, nah, it's cool. Just do do you follow your passion. I believe in you. And so the two songs that take place, uh, one right after the other, is I Must Go On and Take Me As I Am, where they, they sing about Jekyll's work, but they still love each other and they're going to work through all this stuff. And it's it's actually pretty touching. Emma's, Emma's like, the best. <laughs> She's really dedicated to this man. And honestly... <laughs> understanding girlfriend. She really is. Yes. So even as Emma's super, you know, fantastic girlfriend, right, super right. caring... But her dad's a little worried, which is fair. Yeah. Even though he likes Jekyll, he still just is having a hard time letting his little girl go. And we find out that he's a single dad because Emma's mom has died. But they sing a song, Letting Go, where Emma basically just reassures him that she's still she's still going to be around and she's going to be fine. And she's still this little girl, but she has to move on and he has to let go. Right. And it's, it's a sweet song. And you definitely need to pick up that they have a really good relationship. Because, I mean, because he's probably been raising her for... I don't ever say, but it's been a while, I think. From there, we jump to the Red Rat, which happens to be a, let's say, a gentleman's club in the shady part of town. A naughty place <laughs> for Jekyll to have his bachelor party. <laughs> party it up. Send drags Jekyll out to this brothel club, whatever you want to call it. There's dancers and other workers <laughs> yeah that are performing this night again the townsfolk narrators that katie mentioned come back up and we have another reprise of facade where they talk about again everyone wears masks right we see that lucy harris who is a prostitute arrives late to work and her boss isn't very happy with her so we see this as the folk are singing about facades so lucy gets up on stage do her little number and this just really speaks to jekyll he just is so entranced at this woman dancing on the stage and she sings a song good and evil which plays right into jekyll's thoughts of what of the difference between good and evil and what 
truly is good and what truly is bad and all of that. It is a it is a great great song by the way. That's not in every adaption either. I just think this is one this one's really good. It does like double down on the whole split reasoning that Jekyll is going on. So yeah, so Lucy Lucy's great, but she you know she's in a bad place and her her boss smacks her for being late and is like I'll kill you if you're late again. And he does this in front of everybody because he doesn't care. You know, they're in the shady part of town. And Jekyll sees this and is just like, why Why would you let, you know, someone treat you this way? Is there any way I can help you out? And of course, when it comes to uh, people that have been in those situations where they have been, been shown kindness a lot, uh, she instantly falls in love with this man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So Jekyll's like, I just really you know want to support you. And he's like, yeah, friendship. And Lucy's like, yeah, I'm a date you. <laughs> Love you, nerd man. Right. <laughs> oh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> You're just so dreamy. <laughs> Cue slow motion running on the beach. <laughs> I saw your pecs open up in SpongeBob once and I just can't get you out of my mind. <laughs> so anyway. Lucy's, uh, Lucy's just head over heels for this guy and Jekyll's like, nah, it's fine, but here's my number. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It's real shitty. <laughs> He also never Even though we do know that he is engaged. Yeah, he's engaged, um, but he never tells her he, that he's engaged. Coincidentally. No. I don't know what he was thinking there, or if he just wasn't thinking at all, because he's like, I'm really in love with Emma, so it's fine. But Lucy's like, yes. He's an antisocial scientist, so it's understandable. Right, he's a little awkward. It's fine. So, of course, he, you know, he goes, he goes back to his work, like you do. And Utterson's like, yo, you know, we just, we're having a bachelor party. What are you doing? Relax. You can, you can wait. And Jekyll ignores him and dismisses his, his butler for the night and goes to his laboratory and he just gets out of his journal and starts mixing chemicals. Cause I guess he's just like, he's like, yeah, I saw that all those sexy women. I'm ready to mix some chemicals as one does. <laughs> Inspiration. It's definitely how science works. It's definitely how science works. And so he, he creates a thing called uh, HJ7, his, one of his little mixtures, and he injects himself with it, or depends on what version you're watching, they drink it. I think the drinking one is more common, but... Easier I, to do on stage? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> easier to do on stage. Yeah, just do heroin on stage, it's fine. Yeah, no, that's normal. So he, so he sings, sings through that, and he gets a little, little into, into his work, as usual. So he starts experiencing some weird giddiness but he's like nah it's fine and then all of a sudden he's like getting ripped from the inside out and he's like oh shit i mixed something wrong i don't what i'm dying i have to be dying this has to be what it is and it's it's a real it's a song called first transformation and it's i i have to give the actor props because he he really does sound like he's in his in agony while he's going through his first ever transformation, which is, I'm sure, really painful. I've never done it myself, but I'm sure it's painful. Oh, you didn't transform into a murdering monster? No, I don't. the Hulk? I don't, <laughs> I don't have the science background, so it's out for me. Maybe Amber can do it. I will never admit to anything. Just, just come home from work and we just find Amber's apartment just, like, destroyed. <laughs> it's like, oh no, she's begun. <laughs> Some GMOs, man. Darn GMOs. 
So he goes through this transformation and he becomes his super aggressive alter ego who decides this is the time to go out on the town. He's having a great time. It's his first time experiencing everything. He sings about being alive for the first time, how he's been trapped all this time, blah, 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 blah. He torments innocent bystanders and goes to visit Lucy, whom he abuses for I don't know why. He's just a dick. (laughs) And this is where he starts referring to himself as a separate entity and names himself Edward Hyde. Of course, after causing all of this mess, right? No one really seems to know what's going on. Jekyll has been hiding away in his lab and everyone is looking for him. So Emma, amazing girlfriend. Amazing girlfriend. (laughs) Amazing girlfriend, right? (laughs) Believes that, you know, he's just busy. And when he's ready, he'll come see her again. Very understanding. Sir Danvers is also asking about him, as is Utterson. And I gotta gotta point out for this, this song, Your Work and Nothing More is a fantastic song. We're all where Emma, Sir Danvers, Utterson, and Jekyll are singing simultaneously about their own you know, thoughts at the moment, moment. and it's it's all beautiful harmony and very, very well done. And it's 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 re- well worth a listen, because the, the actors do really, really well with it, with each other. Of course, Jekyll is, you know, distracted by his science, and he's he's so distraught, and he needs more chemicals. So he sends his butler to go get more of whatever chemicals it is that he needs. Utterson tries to confront him, like, yo, dude, like, you need to see the sun once in a while. What's going on? You're looking pasty, boy. <laughs> you're, you're turning into a vampire. <laughs> Not far off. Exactly. Of course, we get this odd moment where Jekyll is like, no, dude, I'm okay. But he's also like, just in case something happens to me, will you give these letters to Emma, Sir Danvers, and, and yourself? Like, I'm totally go. fine, bud. Here's my will, or whatever. I'm fine, but if I die... <laughs> exactly. Uh. I'm not doing anything shady, but, but. <laughs> just in case, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> if you wanted to know, here's the secret, but don't open it unless I'm gone. Just don't. <laughs> so keep the letters in mind, because, of course, we may see them again. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, of course, his best friend is just very worried. Also, Emma's father, Sir Danvers, is also still very worried, not only about Jekyll, but about Emma and the fact that they are supposed to be getting married. But all Jekyll seems to care about is his science. Darn science. But Emma's like, so he's just super girlfriend. Great girlfriend. Of course, we switch over to the other girl in the show because Lucy shows up. Lucy, no. And she's like, hey, guy that I'm in love with, (laughs) I'm injured. Help me out here. Help. I get the song Sympathy, Tenderness. It is such a poignant song. And she's, she's injured and he's helping her out. And she's like, oh, you know, I was attacked by this man named Edward Hyde. And he's like, oh. Uh, what? <laughs> I, I definitely don't know who that is. What? Me? What? So Jekyll and Hyde are aware of each other's actions. In the beginning, when like Jekyll blacks out, he doesn't always remember what Hyde did. And so it's very... It's very difficult, but Hyde seems to uh, almost always know what Jekyll did. There's a couple like gaps in the memory, I think, as how it's described. Because later, later that'll come up a little bit. Since you also brought that up, I, I do need to mention that they physically look different too. So it's not like Lucy's like, yeah, no, you were at my house last night. You just looked real ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you had glasses. The man who attacked me looked just you like don't. you, but he's got a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they they like. 
they're supposed to look uh, significantly different, which is different on stage because it's not as easily representable, but there's like a physical <laughs> transformation in most adaptions. Which is some amazing stage work. It is, it is pretty great. I, I do enjoy it. So Jekyll like knows that Hyde is this other ego, but he doesn't, I, I don't think he remembers going to Lucy's house because he's just like, oh, wow, how'd you get this bruise? And she's like, no, it was this guy and I'm Hyde. And he's like, oh, God, that was me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, he doesn't seem to realize that he's conflicted by this. And he, she's just like, oh, this guy's so nice to me. And then she kisses him. Yeah. Because that's not awkward. Big smooch. Yeah, she's like, oh, my God, niceness, smoochies. And he's like, uh, we friends, bro. Yeah. I'm gonna be married. Right. Not to you. Please (laughs) leave. I still don't think he ever mentioned that he was married at this point either. He's just like, oh, no, don't kiss me. Bye. (laughs) What a scum. Like, I don't know why he didn't just say that, but whatever. Would she care, though? I don't know. At this point, I don't think she would. Because she's like super infatuated with him and she sings a song called Someone Like You, which is also one of her best songs and just singing about basically if someone as good and nice and as you would pay attention to me, I could have such a great life and things like that. So it is a little, it is very sad for her, but you know, it it sucks, bro, but come on. (laughs) And of course, as the play does, we get our scenes of of goodness, Jekyll's being very nice, helping her with her injuries, and then we get the darkness. Dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> we see the Bishop of Basingstroke, who is part of the board of directors earlier in the show. And so he's talking to Guinevere, who works with Lucy at the Red Rat. And basically, he's using her to hire another lady for his needs, who just happens to be underage. But, you know, he's a pervert, so he can get what he wants, I guess. I guess. Except Jekyll, or rather Hyde, appears, sees this happening take place, and then, you know, stabs him. Stabs him again. Yeah, he insults him, stabs him, beats him, stabs him some more, then sets him on fire. Do that to spiders. It's (laughs) fine. It's fine. It's only burned down once. Yeah. So... So straight up sets this pedophile on fire, which I think is great and <laughs> is fantastic on stage. I did see it in live once. The guy wasn't actually on fire, but they, but they did put fire like on the stage. It was just like they fell in front of the, the corner of the stage and just lit up those the lamps at the edge. And it was really cool. And Sounds cool. It, it is super cool. And so then Hyde sings about, he said, yeah, I... I did the, the the dirty and I killed some folk and I'm awesome. And that's where he leaves us for the end of act one. Yeah. So before the first act is over, we get a murder. Yeah. Hey, the first murder. Whoop, whoop. We're going to hop into our intermission and talk about, uh, we're going to give you like a theater fact and share our thoughts on act one. Give a shout out to any sponsors, which we don't have at this point in time. Please sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> but what are what are everyone's thoughts on the first act? Any question? This is more more towards Matt and Kylie, but I mean Amber, if you want to throw anything in there too. Yeah, I guess I, I should have saved my my Jekyll and Hyde question on them like sharing memories here. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's it's with plays and stuff like this. I understand you have to move pretty quick. So yeah, the like instantaneous like, oh, you were nice to swoon. 
it's kind of just hilarious to me. But uh, yeah, no, pretty pretty strong way to end an act with just murder and yeah, setting them ablaze. So that's pretty hardcore. That's that's the way to end every conversation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> stabbing the body. <laughs> How would you, Kylie? Have any thoughts? Did he hide the body, or is it just like oh, just, in the middle of the city? Like, just, hey, yeah, he dead just, guy. He just lit him on fire in the middle of the road. It's fine. I mean, I guess like their sanitary opinions weren't that great anyway at that point. So, what do I expect? Yeah. And also, Hyde was like, "Wow, there's this guy that was mean to me once. I'm gonna just kill him." The fact the fact that he was with uh, an underage prostitute doesn't really tie into it because Hyde's not a good person. But I like to pretend that he did it for, you know, because little he girl. <laughs> the most intense white knighting of all. Exactly. Yeah, and it's important to note that obviously he, you know, killed this man who was a pervert, but also he killed a man who was part of the board of directors that turned him down. Yeah. When he had a theory about good and evil, and so you were a jerk. I think you need to die. So He's basically, taking his revenge on the people who said no to him. Yeah. Did they just have this unspoken agreement, like between him and the underage girl, that like she's like, "Listen, I'm not gonna report you." I think once you see someone get stabbed, you're just like, "I'm just gonna book it." So <laughs> I'm just gonna put myself in witness protection program, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go this way. You stay that way. Keep your lighter over there, please. Yeah, it's, it's also yet to remember. Technically, Jekyll and Hyde are the same person, so. What Hyde does is like a dark reflection of Jekyll. So he would have no reason, Jekyll or Hyde would have no reason to mess with this this girl. He just he just zoned in on this person that was mean to him kind of deal. Yeah, Hyde is, I guess, kind of like a weird representation of like what Jekyll would be doing with like no inhibition. Yeah. Like yeah. didn't have to worry about repercussions of stuff. Just, I'm going to just do it. Pretty much. And that's the main point that the rest of the show was going to be exploring, is the fact that Hyde isn't another person. It's the dark side of Jekyll. And so, like, they essentially want the same things. They just go about it in a different way. And we also get that look at, look similar to the Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, right? Like, which one was really the monster here? Exactly. It's, it's a very philosophical kind of look at things. And that's why when the like the the people from the streets come out and they talk about everyone having a facade is like yeah we all have these dark urges but we're not gonna do them because that's not socially acceptable and things like that so yeah it's, it's a it's a very neat show but if you guys don't have any questions on the first act we're gonna move on to our theater fact in ancient greece the um, masks that were used in their theater productions included cork mouthpieces and those would act as megaphones like that's super cool <laughs> like those must taste awful i mean i'm sure they weren't like in their mouths but it's a mouthpiece i'm sure it was the worst tasting thing that they ever had it was ancient greece and hey, you could soak it in wine first and then suck the wine out while you're doing the show <laughs> that's how, that's how i like to party yeah <laughs> obviously so yeah that's, that's super cool Ancient Greece had a lot of really cool theater things, which I'm sure we'll go into more of them in our other episodes. But thanks, Kylie. I think we're ready to pop on to Act 2. So we we go back to Utterson and Sir Danvers, and so as with the first act, they're still talking about 
past events. They're telling the audience the story. So we pop back into the past, and Utterson is really freaking out because he can't he can't help his best friend. He has no idea what's wrong. He won't open up to him. He just got a suspicious letter. So, I mean, he's kind of freaked out. And Sir Danvers had sensed that something wasn't right with Jekyll's research because it's, I mean, he was presented with, he presented this idea to this board of directors and then just accepted their no, but also scrolled himself away in their lab. I would be suspicious too. But the main, the main point of this opening chunk is that the townsfolk are all together because they found a dead body. So they... So they sing this song about finding the bishop's body and my favorite song. Here we go. Murder, murder talks about how they, they find him and they're like, oh, this is such a tragedy, but it's totally Ooh. normal. Like they don't even, <laughs> they don't even consider it a murder in this song. There's like, oh man, wow, he's a martyr. Not really. That sucks. Right. But during this song, also at the same time, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hyde goes and hunts down his next victims, which are General Glossop, Sir Proops, Lady Beaconsfield, and Lord Savage from the other board of directors. So by the end of the song, all five governors who had rejected Jekyll's proposal are now dead. Yeah, the town's freaking out yeah. about it. Because one dead body, I guess that's whatever. But this is five dead bodies. So it's it's a lot. So after after all this thing happens, we, we pop back over to Jekyll's lab and we find Emma who, I guess the door was unlocked this time, and she's like, well, I gotta go find my boyfriend sometime soon he's eating, and finds his journal open, and she takes a little peek, a little peeksy. Uh, it was open, so whatever. Jekyll comes in and closes the journal, so she doesn't get to actually read anything important, which sucks, but she she sees that he's, like, really messed up, and this comes into the question, like, does he know what Hyde did, or is, like, just a subconscious thing? And so she she's like, don't worry about it, I still love you, you can talk to me. Jekyll's like, nah, it's cool. I still love you too, but I gotta, I gotta finish my work, which is basically what we've been hearing the entire time. And so they sing a song, uh, Once Upon a Dream, where Emma, again, yeah. being girlfriend of the year, is like, still really love you. Don't worry about it. You dummy. Basically, ignoring all these, all these signs. <laughs> Listen, she's got her <laughs> rose-tinted glasses on real hard. All right. <laughs> Can't see the red flag. All those red flags. Just look like flags. Yeah. He's like, nah, it's cool. I, let me just get back to work. So she she leaves, and then Jekyll is writing in his journal about how Hyde has been taking more control, which is obviously not a good thing. And so here comes Utterson, just to put more shit on the fire. He read the letters that Jekyll gave him, which, I mean, I would be kind of curious, too. But as a lawyer, that's super unprofessional. <laughs> If he's his lawyer, he has a right to, I think. Uh, I mean, if it's one of those, like, but until I'm dead, I think that's... Mm, was it in writing? No, yeah, <laughs> that part was verbal. <laughs> but so he, he had opened up this letter, and Jekyll had named in his will that Edward Hyde was to be his sole heir. Who Utterson's like, yo, who is this person I've literally never heard of ever? Thought we were besties. And Jekyll's just blows off. He's like, no, he's he's a colleague. Just leave him everything. It's fine. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and Utterson, I have to kind of shit on him for a minute here. He's like, okay. And goes and gets more chemicals for Jekyll's work. Like, <laughs> Just trying to be a good friend. 
I tried to be a good friend and <laughs> help his crazy friend, friend do crazy Free. things. They're they're kind of dumb. They're blind. They can't read the sign. They're super blind. But so Jekyll, Jekyll goes back to his work and has to come to the terms with the fact that Hyde is a part of him. Like he can't. He sings a song called Obsession, which kind of goes back to why he started it and how this was all for his dad to, in the beginning. But he's really lost himself and Hyde is taking is taking control and uh, he has to figure out how to fix it. That kind of thing. So when it comes to when it comes to musicals, a lot of stuff happens simultaneously. You just kind of have to kind of pick it up as you go. So while he's having his worries about the thing, Emma and Lucy in different parts of the world or whatever, they sing about their love for Jekyll. And it's a song called In His Eyes, which is a great duet. And where Emma sings, like, I'm worried about my future because my boyfriend's kind of nuts. And Lucy sings about, I really like this guy, but he's being unavailable how you know how am i going to handle this i still love him and i don't know what to do about it so it's a very it's a very intriguing song so after all of the obsession songs basically about all of them seeing what they're obsessed with we end up at the red rat the brothel slash gentleman's club lucy and everyone are all just wondering like why they're even involved in this which is fair yes and eventually hyde comes back out and visits lucy he tells her that he's going to be going away for a while but he's just like please don't leave me i need you don't do it and of course she's a little freaked out right because like who the fuck is this guy to come up and tell me that i have to stay with him but also she's like she's just like really drawn in by him and he just has this like weird control over her this like sexual energy that draws her in his animal magnetism never works for you I guess. And since she's already been rejected by Jekyll, it's there now, and she's like, okay, sure, why not? (laughs) And we see Spider again, who is the boss man at the Red Rat, and he, again, we get a facade reprise, and he sings about how how everyone should be, like, afraid of the facades that people have all around them, especially in the seamy part of town. Utterson, from earlier, goes back to Jekyll and is like, here's all the chemicals that I got for you, I'm your bestie now, right? I got your drugs. I got your drugs for you. Goes into the lab, looking for Jekyll with all the chemicals that he said he was going to bring to him. But instead of finding Jekyll, he finds Hyde. Right? Hyde tells him, sorry, Jekyll's not available right now, but you can just leave the chemicals with me. Like, trust that. He doesn't know where Jekyll is. He doesn't trust Hyde. No one should, to be fair. To be fair. But Hyde is like, dude, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. (laughs) Just leave it with me and go. But Utterson thinks he's a cool kid who's like, <laughs> try me. Try me. I'll fight you if you don't tell me where my best friend is. So Hyde injects himself with the formula again, which is where we see that it works, seems to work both ways, right? So not only can Jekyll inject or drink this formula and turn into Hyde, but it seems Hyde can turn into Jekyll. So of course, Utterson sees this transformation in front of him and freaks out. I would freak out too. Because I would definitely panic. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he's realizing that Hyde is not a good person and yeah. needs to be destroyed. So he begs Utterson to, you know, get Lucy out of town so that she's safe because, you know, she's what matters here, not I mean, anyone else. I mean, I was just thinking that, but then again, like Hyde's really obsessed with Lucy. So, I mean, I guess I get that. Probably mirroring over to Jekyll as well. 
his lustiness. I don't know. But Jekyll decides that he's going to destroy Hyde. And so he messes with his chemicals some more, makes a whole new batch of formula, and injects himself with it. So while he's doing this, Utterson has left at this point in time and goes to get money to Lucy and gives gives her a letter from Jekyll. And basically the letter's like, you know, here's some money. I really want you to get out of here and start a new life someplace else. This is not safe anymore. And Lucy... <laughs> Not really sensing the danger is like, wow, I get to start a new life. This is fantastic. I got some money. I'm going to start packing. And she she sings, the song, of course, is called A New Life. She sings about how she's going to start over and it's going to be fantastic. And maybe I can find someone else to fall in love with because obviously Jekyll's still on her mind. But, you know. Go get my hair did, my nails did, hit up town, find me a man. Nancy, don't let me down. So find out that the the new formula did not work because Hyde shows up and he sees the letter from Jekyll and accuses Lucy of cheating on him, which is hilarious to me because they're the same person. <laughs> so he's really upset about the fact that she would even, you know, consider Jekyll because Hyde's the only one that matters, blah, blah, blah. And so Hyde's like, okay, I'm sorry I yelled. It's fine. Come here. You know, it is really scary when someone goes from yelling at you to being like, it's fine. Just come here. So he takes her into his arms and it's all very sweet. And he stabs her in the back and slits her throat. Uh, oh. Yeah. We have murder number six. Yep. Poor Lucy. So he just casually just kills her and then escapes laughing all the while because he's <sighs> <laughs> insane he at this insane. point. He's definitely insane. So he, he escapes with no issues and Lucy's coworkers find her body. They kind of don't really... They kind of just do like a weird vigil thing because she's she's a prostitute. And no one's going to look into this murder. It's just kind of how it was. So that happens. And then Jekyll wakes up in his lab covered in Lucy's blood and is like, oh, God, what happened? Does he does he know that it's her blood or does he just wake up in blood? He, he wakes up in blood and I think he, he pieces it together kind of thing. <laughs> this tastes like her. <laughs> oh, gross empire boy right (laughs) so then we have this super super amazing song called confrontation and the song is jekyll and hyde fighting for control of the mind and you got to keep in mind this is the same actor doing this song he does both parts simultaneously and back and forth between it is calmer voice gruffer voice and he's just yeah. bouncing back and forth and it's it is so it is so it's, cool and it's it's i give props yeah. to anybody that that does it because it's it's literally a fight for his sanity in a way to get his two two halves to be one and he has to fight with the fact that you know jekyll and hyde are the same person but jekyll doesn't want to admit that and hyde's like yeah i'm not going anywhere bro i am you that's literally how this works so it's it's a super super cool Super cool song, and I do recommend giving that one a listen. So our our narrator, Utterson, informs us that clearly Jekyll has given up his original plans, right? He doesn't seem to think that he can separate the good and evil in a person, therefore condemning his father to the darkness, like this show started off. However, Jekyll seems to think that he can still find good in his life, right? So Sir Danvers tells us that Jekyll and Emma are to be married. Yay, congrats, right? Oh. So we're all set up. We've got this this wedding planned. And then, of course, 
So this is weeks after Lucy gets murdered. And, you know, Jekyll feels like he's gained control at this point because he has this confrontation with himself and he's finally accepted that this is who he is and he is going to marry Emma and he's going to be happy, damn it. But as the wedding starts up, Jekyll gets overtaken by pain and he, he crumples and he transforms into Hyde, who <laughs> does not want to get married. <laughs> he's like, nah. Nah. It's a so, natural life for me. We're, we're not can't pegging. Uh, be tied uh, down. Yeah, we're not pegging Hyde to be the man of commitment. No. Definitely not. So here we have murder number seven in the show, where he, he kills Stride, who was the secretary of Which, the board of directors. I mean, good riddance, because he was kind of, yeah. He was the guy who was trying to get Emma to be like, hey, uh, marry me instead. Right. So clearly she's not marrying him instead anymore. <laughs> yeah. But hostage emma's like please you know i want jekyll back somehow that works jekyll gets back into control and he begs his best friend to kill him kill me just take me off this world if i'm not here then hyde won't be here and hyde needs to go so just kill me of course utterson is a nice best friend and he's like dude i can't kill you that's very mean i love you too much in the will Of course, Jekyll refuses to lose to Hyde. He he will not back down this time. And so he throws himself onto Utterson's sword, skewering himself. Blech. It's very sad. Emma cries a lot because she's awesome I mean, still. <laughs> I mean, she's been a dedicated girlfriend this entire friggin' time. Yeah, she has. Which is unique for musicals. Also the fact that she's so dedicated and didn't wind up dead. True. Yeah. She, you know, so she's very sad. But of course, Jekyll, he's finally free, right? He's dead and Hyde's dead. The evil is gone. Ends with a song finale. Thing wraps up. Dies in Emma's arms. Bleh. <laughs> so that is uh, our show, everybody. We did we did it. Hey. So does anyone have any questions for the second act or the, the show as a whole? Any comments? So towards the end is... Is, are, are they able to do the transformations without any of the chemicals? Yeah, it gets to a point back when he was fighting with himself for control after Lucy's murder. That was him him going back and forth without any aid of chemical. So when they get to the marriage ceremony, it's it's inferred that Jekyll has stopped taking the chemical ent- entirely, thinking that's going to kill Hyde off. And Hyde was already too much in control at that point. He was just kind of like biding his time. Yeah, he was just, like, taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, I already knew where the back door was. Yeah, exactly. If you remember, Jekyll created a new formula at one point and injected himself with that, right? Oh, Which okay. probably gave Hyde more access. <laughs> Basically. Gave him superpowers. <laughs> exactly. So it's a... Power to murder. Yeah. And he definitely used that. So they were... So, yeah, they were, they were basically the, the same person at the end there. Just trying to fight for who was going to be in the in the light as it were yeah any other comments the story was cool yeah yeah i feel like when when it comes to musicals people immediately like that aren't in, usually into them immediately write them off oh just like goofy love stories but no nah, these these can definitely get very intense yeah if anyone ever <laughs> thinks that musicals are all fun and games like jekyll and hyde is one of the top ones i will throw out there because it's about a lot of murder. But there's there's so many musicals and it's over such a wide range of topics and 
stories. It's just like any other medium. It's pretty great. Yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's one. It's one of my one of my favorites. All right, well, this wraps up this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We hope you enjoyed this story. We hope you join us. Join us for our next session when we go over the Book of Mormon, which is a comedy written by what South Park creators, correct? I think it's Trey Parker and Mass Matt Stone. I think are their names. We'll know officially <laughs> next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so additionally, thanks for listening to the first ever episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We hope you all enjoyed it enough for us to continue doing this. We love storytelling and musicals, so we thought this was a great place to start for our first ever podcast. If you have any helpful tips or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at savemeanisleseat at gmail.com or tweet us at savemeanisleseat on Twitter. Thank you very much for joining us. Say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.